You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of Take a Bow Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and today we have one of the most legendary guests. He, The stories that he tells, uh, the people that he knows, uh, the shows that he's been in, like, you name it, this guy's done it. We have Christopher Sieber on the podcast today, and it may be one of the best interviews that we've had on this show. I mean, he tells stories about Stephen Sondheim. He tells story about making the role of Lord Farquaad in Shrek, uh, all his time in the prom. It's just such a great interview. So many great stories were told, and he was just rambling one after another, and I was literally in awe the entire time. So, very exciting interview and a very exciting show coming out to you all today. Uh, but before we get to that, let's turn it over to the Broadway news, shall we? Um, as we inch closer to Broadway's return, we are beginning to see more protocols released. And it's amazing. And uh, interestingly enough, what I had mentioned that I had heard many, many episodes ago from the grapevine, you know, it's actually coming out that it's true. I mean, sometimes when people say things, it's like still in the early stages, so it could change and everything like that. But it has come out that it's actually going to be true. And that's that the majority of the shows are going to be limiting the number of shows in a week. So as you know, all Broadway shows do eight shows a week. Um, and that's usually typical for the Broadway shows. Sometimes it'll change and fluctuate as far as uh, holidays or Tony Awards and all of those things. Um, but usually we can depend on it being eight shows a week. Now, with the whole COVID protocols and everything like that, there's the majority of the shows are actually not going to be doing eight shows a week. Some shows are going to be doing eight shows a week, and that's fantastic. But uh, others are going to be ranging from anywhere to five to eight shows a week. So it's very interesting. So some shows are actually only open to fully vaccinated audience members. So make sure before you purchase a ticket that you meet their requirements. Um, and for those of you who have already bought a ticket, thankfully, their refund policies is very gracious, at least until uh, January of next year. And then things, you know, at, depending on where we are in the state of our country, they may tighten up once again and be its original guidelines with all of those protocols um, in place. But yes, each show has, of course, their own protocols. Some require vaccines, some do not. Uh, they require at least a COVID test, something uh, in CDC guidelines, something uh, that follows the CDC guidelines that will prove that you're not t positive for COVID because they don't want that entering the theater. Um, and uh, yeah, so just keep an eye out. If you're going to a show, just make sure that you review their policies. 
I'm not going to list every one. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours and we already will be because I like to talk and we have a long episode. So um, I won't bore you with that. But yes, five to eight shows a week. Most shows are going to be doing less than eight, but some are doing eight. Uh, so just keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure uh, while you were buying tickets or something, you may have caught on to that. Um, and yeah, I will keep you updated if anything changes. You know, some people, they did announce that like, oh, through previews, maybe like we'll limit our shows. And maybe once we open, we'll do eight shows a week because we have a lot of new shows opening up. Um, so it's all just going to vary. Still stuff is up in the air, but at least to start out, most shows are doing five to eight shows a week. There was actually only one show that's doing five. Um, and usually it's actually six to eight. Um, so yeah, just keep your eyes peeled on that and, uh, I'll keep you all updated if anything changes. This past weekend, Broadway celebrated Juneteenth. The Broadway League hosted a free outdoor event that was a 90-minute concert in Times Square, and it surrounded Black Joy and Unity on this historic day of June 19th. Um, the event was hosted by Lilius White and Ben Vereen, two legendary Broadway performers, and they had they had all kinds of performances and special guest appearances from all of your favorite Broadway stars who have really led the way for BIPOC people in our industry. So it was wonderful to see this. Um, all of these videos, uh, you can still, if you didn't see it, if you're not in New York or whatever, you can go watch videos on YouTube. You could do uh, Broadway World. Uh, that's where I get most of my information. Uh, all of the, all kinds of sources. If you just want to check it out, it's amazing. It's uber powerful. Um, so go check it out if you haven't, and uh, it's definitely worth the watch. Last Sunday was the annual Broadway Bears, uh, <laughs> Broadway Bears, I guess, event. And uh, it, this year was Twerk from Home, which is kind of a really funny name. Uh, and it raised three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and that's only so far and i say so far because the stream is still available to watch that event and in that stream you can find the link to donate and that is also still up so please consider supporting uh broadway cares equity fights a's and enjoy the broadway bears twerk from home if you guys are broadway bears fans you all should know what broadway bears is um for those of you who don't it's usually your favorite Broadway stars who don't have as much clothes on as they usually would. <laughs> um, so yeah, and they they give you a little show. And uh, that raised a ton of money. It's one of the biggest events for uh, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. It's one of the biggest events that uh, people support that wonderful cause and charity. So go check it out. It's amazing. It's hilarious. And it's very entertaining. Um, and yeah, you'll see all of your favorite Broadway stars. So Freestyle Love Supreme, American Utopia, and the Broadway Advocacy Coalition will receive special Tony Awards when the Tonys air on September 26th. It was also announced this week, Rachel Ziegler is set to become the next Disney princess. We have to look out for this girl, okay? Rachel Ziegler, we have to remember this name. Because she's not going anywhere. She's the girl who's going to be Maria in, in West Side Story. And now she's going to be Snow White in the live action movie, movie like musical with music from Pazic and Paul. So yes, they're taking Snow White's um, music and all of that from the original movie. 
but also they're going to have some more music, and that's going to be written from Pazic and Paul, who wrote Dear Van Hansen and Dogfight and The Greatest Showman and all of these incredible shows. And uh, so this is going to be so entertaining. It's Rachel Ziegler, who we're all going to be like, awestruck by after we see West Side Story and uh, she's killing it. So don't be surprised if you start seeing this name everywhere or on a Broadway stage. So yeah, and, and some more and more of this personal kind of celebration in news. It was announced that Kyle Dean Massey himself announced that he will not be returning to the cast of Company. And I talked to Christopher Sieber a little bit about this, but offline and not on the podcast. And there were a few reasons for this. And that's because he started a business and it's booming. Okay. But also because he and his husband are adopting a child. So he wants to be home and he wants to take care of that. And he unfortunately will not be returning to this wonderful, wonderful cast of Company on Broadway and this historic revival. Um, However, he was already in Company before. He was in the original cast. So he's like, oh, I've done the show before and I want to be present for because they're adopting the kid when literally it's born, basically. And uh, he wants to be able to be there for him and watch his kid grow up and be the father and help out. And uh, it's he's got a lot of exciting things going on in his life, and he just wants to be present and be able to fully enjoy those things. He wrote a beautiful message on Instagram. You can see it on Instagram. You can see it on Broadway World. You can see it on all those things. Uh, go check that out. Kyle D. Massey is a dear, dear friend of mine who I did Pippin with. He was my Pippin. I can't say anything other than nice things about Kyle Dean Massey. So I was really excited to see him up on a stage again, but I'm so, so excited and know that this is what he was supposed to be doing at this moment in time. And that about wraps it up for this week's uh, Broadway news. So let's turn it over to the drama dictionary before we turn it over to the episode. We've got lots of stuff to talk about today. And uh, in the episode, Christopher Sieber mentioned something called a rake. And I was like, for a second, I was like, wait, what are you talking about? A rake? Like, you know, like you rake leaves? or And then I was like, oh my god, I remember what this means. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this. And so I'm, I'm going to bring it all to you today. And that's going to be this week's drama dictionary. So when we talk about it in the podcast, you will understand what it means because he tries to show you visually. But unfortunately, you can't really see this visually unless you're part of our, pa- our Patreon or a patron of the podcast. So I'm going to describe it really quickly so you all understand what's happening. A rake uh, and, or a raked stage is a theater stage that slopes upward away from the audience. So I've talked a little bit before about like downstage is towards the audience and upstage is towards the wall, you know, like of the theater. And um, so basically the stage slopes higher and higher as it goes upstage. That's to improve the audience's point of view so that everybody in the audience can see it. And uh, it also improves sound and the sound quality is better. And especially for, you know, low budget theaters who can't afford mics and everything that helps the sound bounce off the walls and it helps the acoustics and everything so that the audience members can hear it. This raked stage or rake in the stage is very popular in theaters with 
uh, one level. So it's it's kind of it's actually not as popular in in theaters like the Schubert Theater, which is where we talk about the raked stage in, because it has a it, it not only has a mezzanine, but it also has a balcony. So it's got three levels for people to see, yet it's still raked. So it's very interesting. But I guess since the majority of the seats, and it's a very old theater, so that also helps. But since the majority of the seats are in the orchestra, they want to make sure that everybody in the orchestra can see even all the way from upstage. So yes, what I'm saying is the Matilda stage was raised and uh, all uh, different parts of the stage so that the audience members can see it better. And uh, that's what a rake in the stage is. So when we're talking about rake, we are not talking about raking leaves because we are musical theater actors. And although that's how he paid for college, we were not talking about that at that certain time. So stay tuned because I'm referencing way too much from this interview because I enjoyed it so much and I hope you do too. So let's turn it over to Christopher Sieber. Christopher Sieber, curtain up. Okay, so today we have a two-time Tony-nominated actor, as he should, because he has played the most difficult roles on Broadway, and he can be seen in the upcoming Broadway revival of Company as Harry. So everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Christopher Sieber. Hi! Oh my goodness. Oh my god. I'm so excited to to be doing this with you. Hello. It's so good. You just yeah, the funny thing is is you just contacted me, what was it, yesterday? Literally yesterday. And and you said, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? I said, Yes, I've got nothing to do. You want to do it tomorrow, today? Whenever whenever. I'm free. I'm free. I'm you know, we're coming out of COVID. Right. Um, I have, still have nothing to do. So I'm just and, dying to talk to new people, you know? Yeah, and, and who doesn't like talking about themselves? I mean, when it right. comes Right. That's what, that's what us actors, we do best, you know? We do. We um, love that. So, so what I like to start out uh, asking people who, I, who come on the show um, is kind of like how you got into theater, what kind of inspired you to do it, but also like what was that realization moment when you were like, oh, I could make a career out of this? Hmm. Oh, and well, it started when I was a kid, of course, like mm-hmm. most of us. Um, it started off as just uh, uh, being a class clown, I guess, <laughs> and it just kind of spurred into a career. Uh, but, I love that. Uh, more, more importantly, it was it was about my teachers. Actually, I had teachers in. Uh, I grew up in a very small town called Wyoming, Minnesota, and it was six hundred forty-two people. Oh, and I mean, literally a very small town. Yes. And, um. Uh. I had some teachers that noticed that like in third grade that I was, I was gifted and I'm using quotation marks now, but gifted. <laughs> and they, they shipped me off to, to Minneapolis, um, at, at twice a week in a, on a bus. And, uh, I would go and do, uh, the, uh, the uh, Minnesota children's theater there what? in uh, Minneapolis. And then, yeah. And, and I would, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was having fun. Cause we, we do like, you know, theater games and theater exercises, but I still didn't know sure. what theater was. I still didn't know what it was. And um, and then we the first production I think I did there was the Cookie Jar where I played a cookie, oh, in, uh, in third grade. And okay. I remember hearing, I didn't, you know, it was it, I was, 
I wasn't a, by third grade. I wasn't a lead <laughs> by any means. You know, right. I wasn't the star. I wasn't the star cookie. But sure. um, I, you know, but I was in the show. But then I heard, I heard it. I heard the applause. Mm-hmm. I heard the reactions from people. Even you know, I didn't really have much to do. I was just a cookie. You know, big chocolate chip. <laughs> but um, uh, I heard the applause. I heard the applause, and I was like, that is a that's like a, a drug. Uh, yeah. To, to hear that, and um, and then I was in a little match girl, the same thing, uh, uh, like the same season, I believe. And um, uh, I remember just being fun, it, just dressing up in costumes, and and um, so uh, th- moving on, it, it turned into uh, uh, speech, uh, speech and interpretation of speech and uh, sure. drama and speech um, competitions and stuff, and that kind of strength. That I had. Again, teachers, my teachers saw something in me that I didn't. Wow. And then um, it was funny uh, because, I, well, you know, and then community theater in Minnesota and um, and the high school musicals and plays in, in high school. And but I had, again, teachers that said um, actually it was my ele- junior year in high school. They, they, they took me into their office. There's like there's Jane Gillis, uh, Deb Bendix and Henry Hebert. And they were kind of like the art, uh, the theater teachers and the speech teachers and the uh, theater teachers. And mm-hmm. they they brought me into their office and they sat me down and they said, you need to get out of here. <laughs> oh, and what grade yeah. was this? As I was, I was in 11th grade. So I had one more year of, of, uh, you need to get oh, out of here. There's God. nothing here for you. You need to go to New York. You need to go to Los Angeles and, and you have something you've got to go get it. And, um, so they helped me. Um, wow. and, uh, yeah. And I, you know, again, I, I knew I was doing something, but you know, looking back, I was, I was an arrogant little turd (laughs) you know um but the the gift that they gave me to that they saw something in me that i didn't um uh you know i just knew i just like to make people laugh and i love the applause and now and then i went to school i went to school in new york and um uh right out of school i started working and i've been going since i've been going there's like 30 34 years. (laughs) Right. Um, What what was that like? Was it like kind of like a culture shock moving from this small town in Wyoming to moving to New York? Yeah. 642 people and and getting on a plane by myself, by the way. My my parents wouldn't pay for, um, uh, my parents wouldn't pay for the school if I left the state. Um, And so I said, okay, no problem. So what I did is I worked my butt off for a year and a half. Um, I was a, assistant manager at a car wash. No um, kidding. I uh, did yard work. I did everything I could for about a year and a half nonstop. And I made, I saved all my money. I bought my own airline ticket. I put myself through school. Um, wow. And and then, uh, yeah, my parents didn't want me to go because they thought, you know, of course, it's not a safe choice to some people to be an actor right. in New York and just like leave a small town and, <laughs> and go to New York and, you know, follow your dreams. You know, no one does that in Minnesota, especially. Yeah. So, um, um, but then, you know, they, they, they didn't want me to go and I went and, and, uh, and, and, uh, I think I've thrived. And, oh yeah. Um, so I think it's safe to say that it worked out. <laughs> yeah, well, everything, I think it worked out that fine, but you know, you, you've been, you know, you've been in the business long enough too, that, you know, it's, you know, you, you, you never stop. No, 
and and actually we also have a very similar story like same i go i grew up in a very small town a little more than 642 people um but i would take a bus or my parents would try to drive me all the way to pittsburgh to do my local theater because that was the closest thing west virginia frowned upon it if you weren't a lawyer if you're not a doctor you're not going to be successful you know like that small town mentality and uh then one day, one of my teachers were like, you need to go to New York. And I booked my first audition. And here we are seven years later. And I haven't left. What was it? What was it? Pippin? My first audition was Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. So, yeah. And you got it? Yeah. And I got it. I got the tour. That's and fine. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And uh, it was literally, like you said, I hear the applause and it's like, oh, my God, what can I do next? Like, right. and then and then, you know, doing it eight shows a week, you're like, oh, what can I try tonight to get another applause? You know? yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's, it's so it's riveting, really. Um, so so let's start out in talking about Matilda, since we've kind of mentioned it. <laughs> um, you you played Miss Trunchful for upwards of two years. I mean, yeah, a little over two years. Yeah. How fun was it just to be a monster to children for eight shows a week? <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was, first of all, it's quite possibly one of the most demanding roles for any actor ever. Oh yeah. Um, because it's not vocally, vocally, um, your voice will be hamburger for about the first two I mean, eight weeks, eight weeks, maybe, um, your body will be, um, uh, so sore most of oh, the time God. because it's so acrobatic Right. Um, also, and, the costume, and, like and the, the, costume, the costume, is not bad. It's just like you're wearing a sofa. So it's, really, it, it really is. It's so hot. I had an ice vest underneath that because you it, you could sweat sweat your pants off. Oh my god! And it's also the loneliest show because when you play the evil person in the in a show, you're usually alone because all the good people are on stage, and then you have to come on and play the evil stuff. So it's very lonely. Right. You know. Um, I, I mean, I had, of course, the cast there, but during the show itself, it's like you're just there with my dresser, Jesse, <laughs> Jessica. Right. <laughs> uh, but that 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 was it. But but um, it was so much fun to play, and 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 it's great because with with the kids that are in the show, because the show kids like you, you're you guys are extraordinary, weird people <laughs> that. You're like little men and women in little child bodies who are right. so smart and so funny and so uh, they you get it. You understand everything and, and you never have to, especially Broadway kids, you never have to go like coddle them or do anything. No, you guys are professionals. Right. You guys are amazing. And we, uh, when I was on, you know, I was working with the, the my first cast of uh, young actors in the show and they're just gangbusters and that was the best part making friends with these young actors who were so fun and so mm -hmm. and of course trunchbull you just doesn't come on uh the stage and saunter and say something no she she's like cannonball she just right. comes out and just is playing a monster but of course the the kids knew me personally mm -hmm. Sure. So they knew it wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was in there, but you know, right. the audience that, you know, so the kids were just like facing up stage and all, all you see is them just going, you're awful, you're terrible. Yeah. They're making faces at me. They're making right. faces at me. They're making, I'm making them laugh doing something else by looking at them a strange way. Oh um, yeah. It was, wonderful. it was so much fun. And then, and then I had to go, I had to go. Um, I, I, I started not having a good time because mm -hmm. I stayed too long. I stayed yeah. too long. I know two years in that role is insane. Yeah, it was insane, and I I started I I started like not liking what I was doing, so I was like, mm. I gotta go, I gotta go. But yeah, um, 
the sad thing about this and, and you know, but you could, cause you probably, um, you know, aged out of a show. Have oh you yeah. Aged? Yeah. yeah. And that's <laughs> the worst day. Right. It's not, only, not only worse for you, but it's worse for the cast. I mean, the, the adult cast too, because we fall in love with you guys. You guys are mm-hmm. amazing. You're part of our family. And, um, I went through about four rounds of Matildas. Oh um, God! Yeah, and you have to put, you have to put in for each one. <laughs> oh and no! Plus, plus, they bring in a new cast. They usually hire they they let go six to seven young cast members, and then bring in six to seven new ones. Of oh course. dear Lord! So they're they're all rehearsing. It's like the Matilda was a constant rehearsal machine. It was just constantly going. Yeah, and um, but I got to know when it was when it was about to happen um and i like especially bruce bogtrotter right um guy named this kid well now he's a man but uh, mitchell Sink. mitchell Sink yes was, was one, you know mitchell oh of course of course yeah, I mean, mitchell. oh my god one of my favorites of all time yes um, because he would um i would turn around like bruce bogtrotter and get right in the <laughs> get right in his face and but i would do it and he would always be like (laughs) 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 just facing upstage but it was the one day it was the one day when when i turned around and i was like bruce bogtrotter and i saw there was a difference in him that he was now no longer a boy he was becoming a man and he had like a jawline oh yeah or something different and it's and it's i broke my heart and so all of a sudden trunchbull had this soft spot and i was like no you can't go there right Um, you know, and uh, but Mitchell was was amazing. Well, a lot of the kids were just almost all of them, almost all of them were just incredible. And, and yeah, they're uh, they're all good friends of mine. Everyone oh, in okay. like you know, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. once you're in shows, yeah, you know everybody, right? Yeah. It's a small community. Um, but yes, they're amazing. Mitchell and I did a Christmas story together uh, at Madison Square Garden, and uh, and Alexa Nijak and all of those guys, Annalise, all of them. Um, they're they're the best. Um, and I was actually talking. <laughs> I went to dinner last night with Madeline Morrow and Zell, um, and he, they were talking about you, and that's what made me reach out to you. Oh, yes! Wow. So How it's this whole Matilda family happening right now, even though I wasn't even in the show. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, as you said, Matilda couldn't can't imagine how intense that that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It must be to play that role eight times a week. What was... I know for the kids, there was a very uh, particular daily routine for them. And they had oh, to yeah. show up to the city or to, to the, yeah, to the city, to the theater and everything four hours before the show. What, yep. Did you have to do anything particular for that role that you had to keep yourself in check and shape and all that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to stretch like crazy and make sure that yeah. I, would, 
I wouldn't just like I I that was one of those shows you could really really hurt yourself. Yeah. Um because there was a rake on the stage as well. Um uh, and it so you you wouldn't really be able to tell from the audience but no. light rake so there was like that. Oh my god. But you would you wouldn't think that that would affect your body but it really does over the course of, you know, weeks and months. Right. Um, because you're you're not supposed to, you're supposed to stand on flat ground or flat <laughs> stage not this. Plus, there's all these little trap doors and all these little set pieces that come up and out of the floor. And um, so and they wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> they wiggle. So when you're standing on a certain spot and like doing the smell of rebellion where you're in a, these, these crazy gym clothes and you're, you're you're balancing on one leg and the other leg is, you know, out to the out to the right, you know, an Olympic stance. And you're on this <laughs> cube that's jiggling like this on the floor. And so, you know, my core was never stronger. Oh, my God. Can't imagine. Yeah. That is the beauty of theater. If you ever need a workout, there's no better workout. Oh my gosh! No, and now <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. Um, my Broadway stamina. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. It's been a year and four months. I don't totally. know if I'm going to be able to do. Uh, well, I will be able to, but I'm working right now. <laughs> Once we found out we were coming back. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I was like, ooh. Okay, it's Operation Deflation. I got to take lose some of this, Operation but also I've got to get my voice and my physical. You know, I got I got to sing a song, which we did in rehearsals for Matilda. They had me sing the entire Smell of Rebellion, going up and down on a block, so I could breathe. No. And all this stuff. So, so I need to do that. I need to do that. So wow, it's intense. Broadway's hard. Broadway's hard. Broadway's hard. <laughs> so Beth Level always says. Right. Beth Level always says that. Broadway's hard. Yes, of course. And then Josh Lehman passed that down to me. <laughs> he's, oh, he steals everything Lehman. from Beth. Um, uh, I love him. Um, but let's talk about this other crazy role that you did, uh, Lord Farquaad, which you're like, which one? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Lord Farquaad, you were on your knees the yeah. entire show. Did you, yeah. first of all, did you ever think Lord Farquaad could earn you a Tony nomination? <laughs> I mean, hey, come here's on. the story. Here's the story. Okay. So Jason Moore, the amazing director, and he's a yes. good friend of mine as well. He, um, uh, directed me in a couple shows and, and also I've done so many workshops and readings for him. And, um, the one, uh, re I was in London, uh, doing spam a lot. I opened up in the West end yes. and ended up spam a lot there. And he emailed me and, and he always gives me, he always calls me when it's something weird. Um, <laughs> like, like this is going to sound so stupid, but you know, do it and it'll be, it should be fun. So right. we, he emailed me while I was in London. He says, Hey, when are you coming back? And I said, like February. And he said, great. Hey, do you want to help me out on this? I'm doing this musical and don't laugh. I was like, what? And he says, but it's Shrek the musical. And I said, that, that is a terrible idea. That is an awful idea. Oh my he God. says, no, 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 no. It's actually really good. We've got David Lindsay Bear and Jeannie Tesori and, and um, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So I got back and we did it. We only had like an, act one and a couple, three or four songs. That's oh, it. God. <laughs> and um, I started, I just connected with the material like right away. Cause, cause I was like, I don't know what this is. So I just threw it. I call it throwing darts, you know, it's just like, Oh yeah. Sticks to the wall. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and it just connected with me. And from that point on, I was the only one going to do Farquad. Wow. Um, as, as the show progressed, cause we did so many readings and so many workshops of it. Uh, we were finally in the studio, putting it up on its feet for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, learning so many things and we didn't know how to make Farquad. Yes. Uh -huh. We didn't know how. 
So Especially you, you're a tall guy. I'm 6'2". <laughs> yeah. I'm 6'2", like 220. I'm huge. The tallest guy is yeah. like the shortest guy. And and um, uh, so what we did was uh, we, we came up with some ideas, just throwing ideas. And one was going to be a trench that would be or a, like a little place where I would stand and put the little legs in front of me. Uh-huh. And the other one was a running gag where I'd always behind the set piece of some sort, like a wagon <laughs> with luggage or like a vegetable cart or something really sure. stupid. Um. And then the last one it was um, my fault. Uh, but- I came in. I, I came in with two. Well, I was at home, and I, I like two dowels with some shoes and socks on, just little, you know, puppet feet, basically. Yeah. And I did it because we were always going to have the feet anyway. So I was like, why don't if I just manipulate them like Charlie Chaplin does? And I think it's the kid <laughs> or something. And um, and then I started laughing my head off in the mirror because I thought it was so funny because you couldn't really see, you could see my hands, but it didn't matter because the legs were so ridiculous. Right. I showed Jason Moore um, the, the whole thing. I showed him that he, we all laughed out loud and we got oh to work on God. it. And Tim Hatley, our designer, our set designer, our costume designer, he, um, he and I designed what that ended up being together. Cause I, I was the literal Guinea pig and <laughs> actor. I was right. I was, so I came up, we came up with the, what we called the rig. Wow. And uh, it was, uh, it was very painful. I yeah. Mean, I was just going to, my knees were fine, but everything else, because your body's not supposed to, to do no. that. No, I know your back. Fine. I can't imagine. My back, it's actually my hips, my really? hips are terrible. my shoulders, mm. because the momentum that you needed to go like this to move. Right. Um, and it was the hips were really, really bad because all the, all the weight, that kind of jumped up into your hip bone. So it, oh, sure. there, were times, there were times I just, I would, I would roll out of it. It's always, it was always on a Sunday. I'd roll out of it. I only missed six shows over like a year. Oh my months. God. Uh, not including Good vacation. You. Not including oh, okay. vacation. But it was, um, I would roll over and it was always on a Sunday because it was the eighth show of the week and I, I couldn't walk because my oh, hip yeah. bones were so swelled up. And, um, so, and my understudies hated it when I was out because they hated yeah. doing cars. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh God. And, and how, like, so I know not on Sundays, but like on when you're doing the show and everything, like when you're finally off stage and you're able to stand up, how good does that feel? <laughs> oh, you know, it, it actually, it, it was, uh, a, after a while it was easier to be down on. Really? And, yeah. Because your body, my body was getting so used to it. And yeah. Um, because I would, because like, like I said, your body's getting, it's being morphed into a different thing because that's a physical exercise that you're doing and your muscles are growing in a certain way because it needs to do that to make you move. And so right. I would be walking down the street and, and then I'd have to stop and like stretch my back and my hips and I couldn't walk, uh, oh my God. really far. I, I, well, and then I gained an, an extreme amount of weight because, um, I couldn't, I couldn't even do, uh, treadmill i couldn't i couldn't do a treadmill right i couldn't do a pre-core i couldn't do like an elliptical i couldn't no. do that because i was in the, the hips and the joints were so sore I, I couldn't do it wow um so uh what else what was, there was another thing i was going to say about that uh, anyway it's okay uh what about what like what did you do like did you have to like wear knee pads like how how did oh. they Go yeah i was part of the, oh that's i don't know what i wanted to get back to, um about being comfortable in you know, on, on the knees. Right. Uh, when we were cast, when we were sing- doing the cast recording, I couldn't hit the notes. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Things right. are looking up. You're into a, ah, 
I couldn't hit the notes. I couldn't hit the notes standing. So I did it on my knees. Stop it. I sang it on my knees. They brought the boom mic down and everything, and I sang it on my knees. Wow. In the cast recording? Huh? In in the cast recording. Yeah, yeah, in the booth. Incredible. Wow. I couldn't hit the notes because my body wasn't. You're just used to it, right? Wow. Okay. So what was the question you asked me? The how did you like manage? Did you have to wear knee pads? Like what did you they had to do something, right? Yeah, we had we had all this materials that uh for the knee pads that were specially made for me. Okay. I had physically physical therapy three to four times a week. Yeah. Uh, and um, thank goodness. Cause I wouldn't, there'd be no way. And I, to this day, people always uh, contact me uh, via Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever. And they said, Hey, we're doing Shrek. How did you do this? Right. And I answer them back as soon as I can, because I know how it's, it's, they can really damage their body. So right. I always, I always talk to them. I was like, if you feel any pain whatsoever, please stop because yeah. you could really hurt yourself and do permanent damage. So be careful. Yeah. It's scary. Got to take care of your bodies. Okay. I got to ask Trunchbull or Farquad if you could do it again. <laughs> neither. neither. <laughs> okay. No. Great. No, okay. no, neither. No, hey, that's because, okay. Well, no, 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 no. Because I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I, I like to move forward and not um, to do right. things again. Um, I, I, I really, I, I, once I've done something, I'm like, I, I got that. Yeah. Do something new. Let's do something. I understand I that. The only thing that I ever repeated was Daddy Warbucks. Oh, you would be amazing. I, I wish I was amazing. I was amazing. <laughs> oh my God. That would be perfect. Did you shave your head? I, yeah. I, at Paper Mill Playhouse in, in Melbourne, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh Beth my Level God. was my, Beth Level was my, uh, my, my uh, uh, what is it called? Hannigan. Yes. And, and oh I was, uh, yeah, I shaved my head. I shaved my head. And, I'm obsessed. Uh, what a cast. If, if you ever think about it, if you have time, I recommend shaving your head once. Really? You should experience it. It's it's pretty, you know, I I loved it after a while. I loved it because didn't have to do this with your hair. Um, take oh, yeah. a shower. You were dry in a second. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. But when you sleep, when you sleep too, your, your bald head on the p- pillow, it just like basically somebody hugging your Oh, brain. really? Oh, I feel like so- you, I would be colder. Oh, yeah, it was. It okay. Was. Yeah. It was a little colder, and it was during the winter. Oh God! But, uh, but also, um, you have to shave it every day when you're in a show, uh, because your your hair does grow fast, yeah. faster than you think. And but how long becomes, did it take no, it for all to all of it to get back? Um, to 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 grow back completely? Yeah, like to what it is oh, now, basically. Oh, months, months. Oh, months. Yeah, months, months, months. I know. I couldn't imagine. But when you when you don't shave it just for like a day, like on the day off, you're putting on a shirt or something. It's like it's like Velcro. It's oh like God, it's not that <laughs> sticks to your shirt and, and you're like ah, right. All those like mini hairs, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh my it's God. Like well, so okay, Shrek. I always am on like Netflix, you know, as the kids do nowadays, um, we we go on Netflix and I'm always seeing Shrek. Do you ever like scroll through Netflix and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to watch myself on Netflix. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, really? No, I, but I haven't have seen, seen it. it? Oh gosh. Yes. I've seen it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen I, it a couple times. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So some people don't want to like watch themselves or like hear themselves, but that's awesome I, that you... I, I couldn't wait to see it. I, I was because I know it was DreamWorks and they they right. did it. They filmed it right and it looks great. And they they've captured the Broadway show very very well. 
Right. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I was very, I was very excited about that. And plus the live out audience aspect of it was, yes. was, was pretty cool. You also yeah. have to just be like so proud of like your work in that character because literally you were the mastermind. You were like well, it you was, did it yeah, all. Yeah, it was, it, and it was now. Now it's there, and now yeah. I see other people that have, uh, you know, basically they steal the performance, which is fine with me. Yeah, but also add more. So it's it's kind of like this um, this this. I got. I guess I call it a macaroni project. When you know, <laughs> in elementary school, where you take macaroni and you glue it to construction paper, and right? You person and somebody adds on to it and then somebody else adds on to it and somebody else adds on. so it's got a life of its own so that's terrific well yeah. i love that and i wish like that's definitely i love seeing broadway on like a broader market you know like mm. on and because you know theater doesn't get enough uh love i guess you could say as it should and like it's all like the film and movie and all of that so like when you see a musical or something on netflix you just gotta love it and another show that you did that kind of reached a broader market was the prom um and that i mean first of all that role for you yes you got it you're wearing it my opening night sweatshirt that i just have yes it's it's 64 degrees here right now oh my god july and i I, like i I don't have a sweatshirt so yeah i'm wearing my opening night you know sweatshirt right now yeah yes you gotta wrap eli that show the prom was quite possibly my favorite professional thing that i've ever done oh my god that's incredible It it was so much fun because here's why out of the blue Casey Nicola contacted, well, I ran up, literally ran into him on the street. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and he says, oh my God, I have something for you. I was like, no, what? Um, I'm doing this thing. We don't know what it is, but um, I'll call you in a couple of weeks and come over and we'll, we'll read it. I was like, great. You're so, kidding. So th- there I was and, and uh, I show up and there's Beth Level and there's Brooks Eschmanskis <laughs> and there's Angie Schwar And I believe Katie Huffman was there as, at one point as well. Oh, my God. Um, I think Rachel Dratch was there. Well, mm. and, well, we read this thing and Matt Sklar played the piano and played the, the songs and sang the songs. And um, uh, we, we had a table read, uh, almost a cold table read. Wow. And as it went on, we realized because Bob Martin, Casey Nicola, Matt Sklar, uh, Chad Beglin have been our friends for 20 years or more. All mm-hmm. of us, they yeah. wrote this with us in mind. Wow. And then they allowed us as we progressed and progressed and kept on doing workshop and reading and, you know, uh. all this lab stuff. Um, it, they let us even more collaborate with them. And so there's even more of us. We always call the characters our evil twin. <laughs> like right. Trent Oliver is, is there's a little bit of me in there. Uh, oh my God. The, there's so much. There's you a could, like there. <laughs> you can tell it was it's like written thing. for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, because we we were they let us right. Let us, we just start improving and things popped out and just so a lot of that is just us. That's awesome. Um, and but it's also that it never happens that you get a show that's written with you in mind. Then they allow you to collaborate. Plus, you're working with some of your great friends, mm-hmm. and it was always a fun room. It was never frustrating. It was never angry. We tried everything. And if it didn't work, fine, fuck it. Let's move on, you know? Right. Um, uh, so there are so many fun things in this show that are ours oh alone that, uh, you know, we, 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 I, I, I happen to, I may or may not have a bootleg of it. Oh. Um, I may or may not. Right. But it was our, our closing night par, uh, performance. And, and there are so many... We would, we were, su- we we're such fans of each other as well. We would yeah. watch each other's numbers when we could. Um, like in the wings? 
Yeah. And I oh. had, I, had I, I mean, I, I had the great pleasure of actually watching Beth sing the ladies improving mm -hmm. uh, almost every performance because I was on next and I was stage right waiting for her to, but it was so <laughs> great to see that. And she was just, it, she was amazing in that. Oh my God. Um, and, and watching Brooks do, um, uh, Barry's going to the prom and Angie, mm -hmm. just, they're just incredible. And the, the way they wrote the show, all four of us had these gangbuster 11 o'clock numbers one after another. Yes. It was crazy. Um, and so, and and then we were just blessed that the company that Casey put together, um, he set the tone, and so did we. So it was the closest cast I think I've ever been into ensemble, wow. uh, the ushers, oh. the house manager Kenny, the crew. Um, the That's the best. Everybody, the box office, everybody knew everybody because everybody made a point of introducing themselves and and respecting everyone, and it was it was the most magical theater experience i've ever had oh. it was so great and it was so sad when it closed it yes so well that's i mean that's so beautiful to hear and also just like in a show that just preaches like the story that it has and just you guys kind of living it and like putting your like putting yourself where your mouths are i guess like yeah, in a yeah. way like you're just like you're preaching that practicing what you preach you know yeah. and and i love that and it's so good to hear that 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 that's how it was. Um, how cool was it to play like an actor on a stage? Like that's like so rare. <laughs> I don't know the if that's like, a weird question, but yeah. Well, we did because in developing the characters too. I mean, all of us have our thing, and all of us are have our res resolve mm -hmm. in the show. So we start off as something and end up as something, right? Um, uh, Beth had her something where she's, you know, a diva and then she realizes the world's not about her and she softens and she understands where she went wrong. Brooks's character, Barry's the same thing. He's like, he, he just wants to be liked and he wants money. Right. Um, and he, he goes out to help this girl and he finds out he has so much in common with her that it changes him. It changes her. It changes everybody. Right. Um, Angie's the same way. She had her thing. She um, uh, literally quit Chicago because she was like, I can't do this anymore. And then she gets called to do chicago she has this this journey herself trent on the other hand kind of stopped at a certain point and didn't have anything right so during workshops and everything i'm i i, I was asking uh, bob martin i was asking so so um trent needs something he needs a thing right to get him to the end and he doesn't have it right now he says i know i know i'm, not, I'm working on it and i said well what about like um I thought about uh, that. He's always he's always wearing old show jackets. I don't mean you might be you might be too young for show jackets, but <laughs> show jackets in the eighties and nineties were really big. I oh, mean, really? It was, it was right in their back, on, it was, and it was like a baseball, like jacket. a varsity jacket kind of, like a varsity jacket, yeah. exactly, but with the show logo embroidered on the back and your name on the front. And exactly. It was very big, and you know, and people would wear these all over the place, and then it just became obnoxious, so people <laughs> stopped doing it. Uh -huh. but, uh, but I came up with the idea of like Barry is probably wearing, or I mean, Trent is probably wearing something from uh, before Les Mis, the original Les Miserables. You know, uh -huh. He's probably watching, uh, probably a satin jacket, which was really big in the <laughs> 80s, that says like the magic show or something. And Doug right. Henning, you know, it's like some, some obscure, but he he's still holding on to the past. Um, and then and then we came up with the idea of, uh, uh, instead of uh, the show, uh, Juilliard. Because he could always talk about Juilliard and yes. always obnoxiously talk about Juilliard. 
Oh my God, it was brilliant. Then we decided that he is also a former member of Actors' Equity. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. so many details that we were able, they let us, and there were so many details that they just let us roll with and and then they embraced them. Right. Um, Like it's something that's so silly, but so perfect. Yeah. You know? And I love that. Oh my God. And (laughs) Oh, and the Juilliard jacket. Yes. Um, I asked uh, Ann Roth, two-time Oscar winner, by the way. Oh my God. Um, and Roth, uh, I said, so do you have like a 1980s Juilliard jacket? You know, because he comes when Trenton Act 2 comes on and it's full regalia with the hat and the jacket and basically oh, yeah. almost t-shirt as well. And um, I said, do you have? She said, I oh, will make one. It'll be fine. And so <laughs> I just I asked Casey if it would be, be funny and cool if I did that. And, and he said, I don't know, maybe try it. So I, I did it. And when I turned around, and I said Juilliard. And it was just like the audience went bonkers. And oh, scary. yeah. So, so it, it, that was, I was, I was proud of that one. That was, that was mine. How cool is it to be a part of like shows from the be- very beginning and just watch it change? Like you've talked to fr- from Shrek, you talked prom and all these things and all of these amazing memories are like flowing. I love it right now. The spam a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To, be the, to be in the beginning of it, um, especially a show you kind of know is going to be a hit, you know, yeah. a lot. Uh, <laughs> when we were when we were out of town in, in Chicago in the first, very first preview we had, the house lights went down and I was the first, first show of every show that I do. I always like to go to the stage manager's desk, you know, if you're stage right or stage left and right. just like listen for the crowd. And he says house to half, the house went to half and it's at the Schubert theater in downtown Chicago. That place went apeshit. Yeah. And I just looked at Peter Lawrence, our, our PSM. And I said, I think we're going to be okay. Like, yes. Okay. Oh and my God. Tim Curry and the coconuts come on. The audience just went crazy. And, and, and that was, it was never not like that always. Yeah. But to be, to be able to watch um, the development and, and be part of it and, and just them again, that was a Casey show. So he allowed me to do some of the certain things, but also we had Mike Nichols, right? Mike Nichols was one of the greatest direct is one of the greatest directors of all time. And, and he, you're, you're in his, atmosphere now you are part mm-hmm. of his universe and he is the sun and yeah. you, are, you are a reflection in the star but <laughs> it, it's 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 um i mean he was so amazing one of those people that y- you could he could tell you what what and how to do something in like a sentence and you would you would understand it you would just get it um but also we couldn't wait for him to come see the show. Like yeah. sometimes when directors come back to see a show where they're like, Oh, what did we change? What did we do anything weird? Right. Um, we, cause we, it, he was like a, uh, we were like a, uh, he was like a dad. So it was like, we were proud to show him what we've been doing. And he was oh. always like, Oh, wonderful. All of you, all of you. And oh, he had this thing called, um, uh, uh, I, I, your babies. Oh. Now your babies, your babies are like, a turn and squeak, something that doesn't really have anything to do with the material, but it gets a laugh from the audience. Mm-hmm. And that's called a baby or some move or something, a baby, or even how you say something to get a laugh. Right. Doesn't necessarily support the material, but it's funny and the audience likes it. So, yeah. And he says, I love your babies. They're fine. I love your babies. Oh. But every now and then, I want you to kill your babies. Oh. So, so we would, we we would. He would uh, come into our dressing room and say, "My boy, I love what you're doing. I love it. I love it." However, <laughs> I want you to kill your babies. Oh and my so god! So, which, which means you have to not do those bits, 
right anymore and you have to find something else and it's mm. great and i recommend this highly because letting go of a bit it you're you're going to feel a little like oh no don't take my bit away L- let it go and right. you'll find something new you will find something new it forces you to do that and i did and i i had i had to cut about 9 babies oh my god and, and i just kind of did not did them and I, I was having the best time of my life because I wasn't like a slave to these things that I created. Right. And, it kept um, it fresh too, you know? And it's also, yeah, it just freshens you up as well. Right. The one thing about that company too, um, I mean, first of all, what a company. Oh my God. Um, a bunch of comedians just playing around and that's that's what it was. We It wasn't even work. Yeah. We had a, a blast. We used to get there a little, like an hour early Um because we loved each other and we, we just oh. wanted to be around each other because during the show, the show goes like a bullet. And if you're not on stage, you're backstage changing costume. Right. So you never really get a chance to hang out. So we would do that. Um, you know, we all played five characters or, or, or less. Um, no less than five. Um, and, uh, but yeah, and also it's, it, that show lends itself to just uh, making, making your cast. Uh, Mike, Mike Nichols called it surprising your fellow actor. And, um, and so we would, we would find yes. little bits. And he says, all it takes too is a little inflection differently, and you know, just go crazy. Um, but I Hank Azaria was the best because we always called him the wounded antelope on the prairie. And Christian Borel and I would just all we had to do is nothing, and right, and just say our line, and he would he would just go, he would just go. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh my God. That seems like that's the best kind of theater. Like, honestly, just from an actor's perspective and from an audience perspective right uh, that's as amazing long as the audience is in on the joke yeah it's right yeah. yeah and that show also brought you a tony nomination so yeah. like talk about that like what is that you get no you get word that you're nominated for a tony what is that like well that first one was for Spamalot, and mm-hmm. we were out here on the island and it was may i guess and um we were i was sleeping in because i didn't even think it would happen i mean mm-hmm. i didn't even anticipate it happening and um uh i was i i was in bed and uh my phone kept ringing yeah and i just leave me alone i'm sleeping in i'm doing a broadway show all right Right. i don't get up until noon everyone knows this (laughs) so uh (laughs) um my phone went and then i I see it's richard fisher my my agent at abrams and i was like what do you want and he says i've been trying to reach you i was like stop it what he says, you have a Tony nomination. I was like, oh, what? what? That's all he no, says? 
you're come, knock, knock it off. And he says, no, you, seriously, seriously, you have a Tony nomination. The press people are going to be calling you in a, like like 45 minutes or, or less. They're going to talk to you about things. They want to see your reaction. They want to do that. And then tomorrow you have this whole press junket and all of a sudden it's it just like overwhelming this tidal wave of, whoa, coming yeah. at you. Um, everything you've always wanted, everything you worked for, it finally comes true in one moment. And then um, I guess it was the feeling. I mean, there were tears. There were yeah. tears. Uh, but also, I think it was more of a feeling of, <laughs> I guess Sally Field said it right. They like me. They yeah. really like me, you know? And it was it was the respect that you felt mm-hmm. uh, from that when, when, when you're noticed. Right. Uh, for work you've done. And it's the respect that is a, I will say a palpable feeling. Yeah. Um, that, that is pretty cool. That was, that was, I think that was the coolest part. And I, I, I knew that I wasn't probably going to win um, uh, because there were so many other people that were much better than me. <laughs> but, I mean, you never know. You didn't even expect to get nominated, you know, true. like <laughs> you, never know. you never knew, you never know. But um, yeah. And, and Mike McGraw, who was uh, in our, you know, he was Patsy in the show. We were nominated in the same category. So yes. we thought, well, I'll see you at the bar. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, I love that sportsmanship. <laughs> but, but, Sada, but Sada Ramirez uh, won that night for, for Lady of the Lake. And she was sitting right in front of us. Um, and when they called her name, um, we, we were like, yay, right behind her. I think you can see us. And if you look on YouTube, you can see us going, yay. That's incredible. I love yeah. that. Even like that just shows like how amazing this community is of like Broadway oh, yeah. folks. Just like you guys are. Call it, yeah, I always call it um, Broadway's like the like the big high school but every everyone's at the cool kids table <laughs> yes because we've we've all worked our butts to get there right. so the respect that you actually give each other we know you know there's very few people uh on broadway in the, this community that are not kind yes. everyone is kind everyone is generous i mean there mm. are a few that are just like a stay away from them but for the most part we we worked our butts off to get here so there's a there's a there's a mutual yeah. respect that we have that's um doesn't happen anywhere else. I, let me tell you. No. And uh, and and we we can get along with each other so well. Yes, literally. And I'm I'm I can't believe that like I can be considered in the cool kids table. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. I love that uh, analysis. I guess that that beautiful picture that you painted for us. Um, <laughs> let's talk about company. Like this is oh, the show that you're going to be in. So wait, did you start rehearsal before the pandemic? Yes. You did? Yes. Oh, my God. So were you guys – so what was that when you, like, heard that, like, Broadway shutting down? Okay. Well, let's back up here because yeah. we were in prom. I was in prom. Right. Marianne Elliott, who's the director and producer of the show, who, by the way, the best, the best director, best producer, oh. just amazing, gets stuff out of you that you never knew you had. Oh. Um, so it was in June of – we were still doing the prom, and – um. Uh, they had an audition for company. I was like, oh, great, fine. So I went in um, and it was, uh, there was this woman, there was this woman in the hallway at uh, Chelsea Studios and and she says, um, oh, I, I said, oh, hello. And she said, oh, hello, in an English accent. And I was like, oh, you're from England. And she said, yes. I was like, oh, well, welcome to America. And she <laughs> said, I said, well, thank you. And I was like, what do you, what do you think so far? She said, well, I love the air conditioning. I love oh. it. I love it. <laughs> like, great, fantastic. And we chatted for a little bit and then she went off on her little 
merry way. And, and I was sitting there and you know, just going over material and stuff like that. And the casting director calls me and says, hey, come on in the room. And who's behind the table? But that Stop woman it. I was talking about, air conditioning, and it's Marianne mm. Elliott. Oh my god! Can you imagine if I? If, can you imagine if I was just like, "Ow, fuck off," you know? Right. <laughs> just, just like oh. auditions already over. Right. Um, but oh my god, had, I'd be terrified. But, but that room, that room that she had, the audition room. You know how it is. The, the audition room can either be terrifying or it can be like really comfortable. And that room was. Like I was hanging out in our living room and we were oh. just talking about company and Sondheim. It was great. And then I got a call back. Um, and um, I think it was the I air felt- conditioning conversation. I think that's what did it. <laughs> I think, I think it before was. you even went in, they were like, we're giving this guy a call back. <laughs> just because the air conditioning, darling. Just right. Because, well, um, so he, uh, she, uh, they called me back and, and I went in and then I, that's when I saw uh, waiting for, to go in was with Maddie Doyle, uh, Greg Hildreth. Oh uh, I believe Jen Samard was, was just yes. coming around. Um, and um, gosh, there was, it was, it was almost the entire cast except was it like lined up in the hallway. And of course I knew them all. I knew everybody. Yeah. And so we were just kind of giggling and everything. I went in, I did my thing. I came out and I was like, well, it's in God's hands, whatever, whatever. So I'm moving on. So I, I get cast. I'm one of the first to get cast. And, mm-hmm. um, so I, I I got to tell my cast members, uh, uh, the top of two backstage on stage, um, I said, guys, I got company. And we're like, oh my god, they couldn't yell, they couldn't scream because they were on stage. Oh, at and, prom, uh, they were at prom. They, we oh were on god. stage when I when I told them. Uh, Stop and, it. and they're like, god, I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So then, uh, yeah, prom closes, and then I I have a like a couple weeks off, and then I, I start rehearsals. We started in. Gosh, we started in early yeah January six, I believe. Oh, okay. Last year, the year before, yes, it's all whatever that January six was. Sure. So we got into, and then we, um, yeah. So when we rehearsed for eight weeks, which oh is God. a lot, yeah. But I'm glad we had it because it's a, it's a the way that it's staged and the way it's directed. It's a lot. It's a lot of cool stuff that is almost like a one gigantic magic trick. So is a lot. <laughs> It's a I, really cool stuff. It's so cool. It's such an amazing show. It's such an amazing production. Yes. I have to say, Company and Mrs. Doubtfire are the two shows I'm looking forward to seeing post-pandemic the most. I can't wait to see Rob. Do yes. That. Oh, my God. Most, one of my great friends, and I just I just know he's going to kill it. So yes. I either. Um, so, yeah. So, we, were, we had eight previews in. We were eight previews in. Oh, my God. Uh, we were up and running. Oh and the audiences were, we. I mean, the line around the block to get tickets to the show. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen that. I mean, uh, Spamalot was close. But right. this was like down the block for, right. for cancellations. Everybody wanted a ticket. We're sold to the rafters. Not a, not a standing room in sight. That's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> and um, um, so then, um, uh, yeah. And then that, that, that first week or like we were in tech and we we heard the news about the stuff coming. Right. And, you know, we're like, something's coming. I don't know what it, we didn't, we, we knew it was COVID, but we didn't know how it's going to affect everything yet. Exactly. But um, uh, Chris Harper, our other producer was, is always open and, to, and forthright with us. And he always told us the truth. And um, as things started getting closer to our opening, it was like the last seven days. We had a meeting every day about the situation, and the Schuberts were telling wow. us about 
We couldn't allow anybody backstage. Nobody from other shows could were allowed backstage. Um, food deliveries had to be outside. Um, it was all these protocols, and they're cleaning theaters. Um, which I think is hilarious because the Schubert's actually finally clean their own theaters. Right. You know? <laughs> right. As they should. For them to clean their own theaters. <laughs> um, and so um, that happened. And then uh, that day, the 11th, March 11th, was the last day. Wow. And it was a Wednesday. And we were, uh, we had a meeting in the morning. And he says, uh, just so you know, someone at, the not not the Martin Beck, but the Al Hirschfeld Theater uh-huh. and the Booth Theater uh, has COVID. Right. Um, so Moulin Rouge is not doing their show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody at the uh, the Booth, I think the Booth was they had something going on, but it was going to close anyway. But um, I can't remember what it was there. But that it was an usher, but that yes. usher had worked at the uh, the Hirschfeld and then a couple other theaters, but not ours. So he decided to go on with rehearsal and then that night before the show uh he said there are more people now it's it's so it's uh, we're gonna have a meeting tomorrow uh, like not a zoom zoom didn't really exist yet exactly um, uh we're gonna have a, a like a phone conference call with everybody so call into this number tomorrow and, and then he explained everything um and uh so uh I, I was asking my my psm i said should i come in because i i have i'm out in rural new jersey so if I have to be in New York city at a certain time. I have to leave at a certain hour. And it was approaching that minute that I have to leave. And I just texted him. I'm like, should I come in or should I go? He says, don't come in. Don't come mm. in. Um, and that was the next day. And then they, they said, no, Broadway's closed. And we thought, you know, a month or two. Yeah. I know it takes a lot for Broadway to close, you know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we thought a month or two and now, you know, here we are, but two and a half months later, I went back to the Schubert's allowed us to go back, get our dr- stuff in our dressing room. Right. Stuff was still there. Our, our stuff is still there. Unbelievable. Our, my, my personal items are still there. Oh um, and I went into the theater um, backstage, mask and gloves and, and shields. And, Oh yeah. I uh, went up, went, the, the call board is still, March 11th, March 11th, wow. full company in, uh, in the sign-in sheet and the rehearsal schedule, March 11th, still there. Um, went, went out on stage and the stage is set for uh, Harry and Sarah, uh, where the yes. first scene, where the yes. first scene after the opening number, Jen Smart and our, our set is, is there. It's sitting right there. And um, the ghost lights on, the house was at half. So you could see the theater and the merchandise is still exactly where it is. And uh, the playbills are still stacked in, you know, behind the last row in the, in the orchestra uh, went up to my dressing room. The room is exactly how I left it. It was crazy. There's still water. I'm getting in my goosebumps. Room. I know it was crazy. Yeah. And I didn't need anything from the room. Cause I, we weren't there long enough to have, you know, stuff in your dressing room. Right. Um, and so I just wanted to see, I just wanted to see the theater. I wanted to see people, you know, and right. so, but I left and it was very eerie. It was very eerie and very, very depressing. Right. Uh, but the good news is we are coming back. Yes. So did you, did you like kind of, as it was going, I know you had like daily meetings, but I'm sure that changed, you know, as the, the, yeah. were you guys yeah. updated yeah. often? Yeah. yeah. We started rehearsing over Zoom with the entire company. And it was no way. First, yeah. The first or second, because we thought, oh, let's just keep, keep the, music and keep the, the the dialogue in our brains and you know keep us you know remembering everything and, and um <laughs> this is funny that uh we discovered and i think a lot of people discovered is you can't sing sondheim over zoom 
Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. Nope. Not the nope. delay. <laughs> no, nope, because the delay is like, Bobby. <laughs> baby. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, baby, baby. And it was like, we started giggling and laughing so hard because it was just ridiculous. You know, oh my and God. it's like, Bobby, Bobby, baby, Bobby, booby, Bobby, 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 honey, Bobby, sweetie, Bobby. And it's just like so bad. It's just, it sounded like somebody stuttering. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so so uh, we just did the dialogue and then uh, we just read, read through the dialogue and, and um, even there was delay there too. So we started just having uh, cocktail parties and uh, zoom meetups and just say hi. And uh, we played bingo one time. We played oh. trivia games and, and then it, you know, it slowly, it used to be like once a week, twice a week, uh, once a week, twice a month, once every month, once every two months right so, so um yeah slowly uh, phase. Yeah, it, it's always so, so nice to see everybody so yeah and then was it just a couple weeks ago that you found out that you were coming back well we knew because our producers actually were one of the only ones with pandemic insurance oh wow yeah. so they actually made money <laughs> that's incredible i didn't yeah. know that was a thing yeah, yeah, it is because they had uh, two shows, one in London. It was the uh, uh, Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Oh, I believe yes. it was at the Apollo Theater or the Gielgud Theater in the West End, where the ceiling of the theater literally collapsed on top of the audience during a performance. Oh. So, uh, and another production of theirs, uh, I think it was Death of a Salesman, the theater burned to the ground. So, oh. From that point on, they were like, maybe it's us. <laughs> so, maybe. So, now, now they have. Um, <laughs> the gold platinum standard insurance, whatever they do, because they don't want to, you know, uh, the ceiling. And, and they, they, they said, give us everything, whatever you think, tidal wave, you know, wow. aliens, pandemic. And they did. Well, um, and so we were, they were, we were fine. We were going to, we knew, we knew we were going to be fine. We knew wow. we were going to be okay. Chris Harper even said, we're going to be okay. Cause we have pandemic insurance. We're fine. Right. Um, when was the question? Uh, well, we, and now, now that, uh, and then they let us know that we're coming back and, uh, I think we might be coming back sooner than later. We're not sure yet, but, um, that would be good. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I mean, everybody's I, dying to see it for so many uh, reasons. For I can't so many. To get the back of the room with these fabulous people. Yes. Too. Yeah, and the fact these... that like the, the show is never like it's gender bent. So like, well, some of yeah. the characters and that's, that's amazing. Everyone's so excited for that. And like, I can't believe it took this long, but like it, it it's happening so much better. Actually, Steve Sondheim uh, said that he wasn't keen on the idea. Oh, really? Um, he wasn't keen on the idea because people always fuck with his material. And he's always like, don't do that. Jeez. Right. Um, and, and Marianne said, just, just let me try it. Marianne Elliott. And she said, just let me try it. And he saw it and he loved it. And he said, I can't see the show any other way now. This is, this is the way it should be. This, this is, this is the show. Wow. That's crazy. That that's incredible i mean yeah. i yeah. mean good yeah. for her though too to like yeah. stand her ground and be like no let's try it yeah let's try it let's yeah try it. wow oh my god i i love that story <laughs> that's impressive <laughs> and i i love this marianne she seems incredible i mean air oh, conditioning try it out oh my god oh this is amazing um oh, well the things she can get out of you marianne the things she can get out of you too and she her there's never drama with her. It's she's just like, yeah, whatever. Let's see. Let's go. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Try that. that yeah, don't like that. No. Yeah, let's do that. You're I have happy. to say, British people are like the nicest people. Oh, <laughs> she's just, uh, she's just, but the things she, 
well, it's not necessarily theater games, but she just like little clues is like, there's a little something there. Why don't you yeah. find something there? You know, why don't you get a little trophy or something? Grab that trophy there. Just find out. Let's let's find out that trophy. And and uh, uh, the the stuff she gets out of you is is it's extraordinary. So yes. I'm I'm happy. And of course, my lovely lovely Jen Samard, who's playing my wife, said, uh, "I'm um, what a duo. We, we've known each other for thirty years. Thirty years, and <laughs> um, she." When I when I auditioned for the show and I got it, um, my husband Kevin and I um, we were talking about who would be the best Sarah, and I said, "Well, Jen Samard." Jen oh my Samard, god, the best best Sarah. And you didn't know she got it at the time. No, we we didn't. I didn't know she got it. She didn't know I got it Stop because it. it wasn't released. It right. was released on one day on Broadway World and Broadway dot com and you know all the other playbill and and um, so it came out and it was released and I saw, it's like, Oh my God, it's Jen Smart. It's we, happening. <laughs> we texted each other and our texts crashed into each other because we we're like both of going, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. And so that was uh yeah, that was, that was oh pretty heavy. And, and of course, you know, she and I, we, we have our own way of working with comedy and she, she already knows where the laugh is, but she she makes the how to get to the journey to get to that laugh. Yeah. And what are the, what are the steps I got to get to get there? And I'm just like I said before, I'm a dart thrower, so I'm just like, ah, eh, see what happens. Ah, eh, maybe that'll stick. No, that no. If it doesn't stick, I'm I no, moving on, mm-hmm. finding a new thing. Yeah. But and, um, she she and I work so well together, and our chemistry is amazing. Oh and my she's god, an unbelievable uh, comedian. Um, and and knowing her, if you met. Jen on the street, you're like, she doesn't seem funny. No, literally, <laughs> because she's so she's just very serious because she's so, um, I guess, chemical about comedy. Um, it's got to be the right ingredients, and she she's analyzing how to get there. But when she's there, she's a different person. It's <laughs> awesome. It's amazing. Oh my yeah. god! Well, everyone, go see Company when it, yeah. everything's <laughs> back on. I don't know the date it, right now. I believe is like December twentieth, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's, there's a couple. There's a couple. I, I, I would like to say, but I can't say because I'm not right. sure. They're not sure. It may be earlier. It may be then. I'm not sure. I'm hoping it's earlier, but we'll see. Well, everyone go get your tickets because it's amazing. Yeah. Go, go see Chris. Go see Jensen Mart. Be this incredible duo that they so perfectly are. Um, and it's literally, you're going to laugh your butts off. So I'm so excited. I can't wait to go see it. And Chris, thank you for doing this. Your oh, course, storytelling, Eli. your energy, everything. I've got way too many stories. Way too many stories. I could literally talk to you all day. <laughs> literally, this is way too entertaining. I didn't even ask you about Chicago and Pippin and all these other oh. shows. There's too many shows that you've been in, Chris. Yeah. What are you doing to us? 14. Um, what's that? 14? 14 yeah. Broadway shows. I know. It's insane. And we didn't even talk about Magoo. Oh, my God. Anyways, <laughs> first of all, I do have to say quickly, um, they're my favorite photo of all time. I didn't even like realize it at the time, but I look back on it all the time, and my dad and I love this photo more than anything, and it's me and you after our performance of Mr. Magoo, and you're in this suit, and it's got all kinds of oh. different colored Christmas trees on oh, it. it was a Christmas suit, yeah. Yes. Oh my God. It's the most 
lovely suit that I've ever seen, but have never seen it. Like, literally, you are the only person I've seen wear it. And I think it's because you're the only one that can wear it successfully. <laughs> literally. There was nothing like upstaging everyone at that press. <laughs> that oh, my God. I know. We have, like, Betsy Wolf and all these incredible oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're there in this incredible suit. And that was like the highlight of that night. Oh my God. It was amazing. (laughs) I'm obsessed. But yes, seriously, thank you so much. It was wonderful. I want to see see that picture. Send that picture to me. I will. Absolutely. Oh my God. You may not, you probably recognize me more then than than now, but I don't even recognize myself (laughs) in that picture. (laughs) But yes, I will absolutely send that to you. Oh, this is this was a blast. Thank you so much. Uh, You're welcome. Of I course. can't wait to see company. Good luck when it opens. Thanks, boo. Take a bow, Christopher Sieber. Oh my God, y'all! I literally could have talked to this man for hours. He has too many credits on his freaking resume for me to get through all of the shows. There's just too much to talk about. Okay, I'm so sorry for those Spamalot fans and those Chicago fans and those Pippin fans and those Beauty and the Beast fans and the Triumph of Love. I didn't even talk about his Broadway debut. I feel so awful. Um, There's so many things that we could have talked about and there were so many shows that he's been in and I could not get to all of them. I'm so sorry, but literally... The stories that he told and the shows that we talked about were just incredible. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Him talking about the revival of Company and how it's happening and just what it's going to be and him with his director and his audition experience. I mean, it was just everything that you wanted in an episode of a podcast. He kept it so real. He kept it so um, just it reminded you that he was a human, yet he's been in 14 Broadway shows and he's this Broadway legend. You know, he's totally like in the Carolee Carmelos and the all of those co- people conversation and the Beth Levels and all of like the the Brooks Ash Menkes and all of the theater icons. He's totally up there and he's not there. He's not as talked about as these other people be, solely because he's not the classical star and instead he takes on a more challenging role such as lord farquaad and such as trump bowl and all of these things where it's just like it's incredible i mean the roles that he's played are truly it's only certain people can play it you know and that's interesting because he also said that casey nicola you know the director and choreographer of the prom and he was talking about spam a lot as well he had approached him and was like we wrote this with you in mind You know, like there are just certain things that certain people can play and not everyone can play it just because of how challenging and demanding it is. And Christopher Sieber is one of those guys that just can do everything, you know, because that's just how talented he is. So I was so excited to talk to him. The stories he told about Stephen Sondheim and talking about uh, company and talking about Lord Farquaad and the making of Lord Farquaad. The poor guy had this brilliant idea that may have backfired on him when he realized that he had to do it eight times a week. Uh, poor guy. I mean, he, now he has hip problems and everything. Thankfully, he's, he seems better. Um, and of course, the prom and just every story and how close it was and how they really just, they they practiced what they preached and they loved Thy Neighbor, which is his brilliant song. Um, yes, he did play Trent Oliver, 
who, if you didn't see the musical, but you saw the movie, it's the drama teacher that Andrew Reynolds play. Although I'm not going to say it's Andrew Reynolds role because Christopher Sieber did it first. And uh, Christopher Sieber was really the blueprint for Andrew Reynolds. So um, yes, Christopher Sieber killed it. Everything he did, Matilda, we talked about literally everything. And I was just so, so excited to talk to him and talk to him about all of those incredible moments in his career. His story is really interesting, how he paid for himself to go to college, how he paid for himself to uh, go on buses to Minnesota to do uh, theater and everything. Just this guy knew that this is what he wanted to do, and he went all in, and he made it work, and I think it worked out. What do you guys think? I mean, 14 Broadway shows later and still going, he's going to be in company I cannot wait to talk about company. The way that he explained it to me after we uh, hung up, uh, uh, after we stopped recording, was just incredible. The way that the the director had imagined this revival is just something so extraordinary. And I just can't wait to see how they pull it off because I'm listening to this and I'm like, well, how is that going to work? And how is that going to translate to the audience? And how would I know that if you didn't tell me? And he was like, oh, you'll see. Don't worry. So I'm just so excited to to listen and watch. And literally, I think after talking to him, Company may be the show that I'm going to look forward to seeing most when Broadway returns. Uh, I know. I know. I'm very excited for it. And it, it's going to be it, just the fact that it's gender bent and how historic it is and how the the cast. I mean, come on. We talked about the cast. It's just it's incredible. And so I'm looking forward to that. And uh <laughs> I mean, this guy, I hope we see him on stage many, many more times because every time he's on the stage, you know, you're getting a good show, you know, you're going to laugh and you're going to feel all your emotions. And if you are crying, it's a lighthearted cry and it's not a dreadful cry Um, because he just livens everything up and just his personality, his energy, his storytelling, everything. It was just so perfect. And I could not thank Christopher Sieber for coming on this podcast and giving us his time and giving us his story. Uh, Hopefully we're going to have him back on because I just have to say like those stories, he has stories for days and we didn't even get to talk through everything. So I'm really, really excited for, for you all to listen to this one and I hope you all enjoy it. So uh, that's going to be it for today. And uh, Broadway's coming back. Y'all literally not even a month. We're going to have our first show back on Broadway. Bruce Springsteen. Did we also like that's another thing? Did we all really think that Bruce Springsteen would be the one Broadway show opening the post pandemic? Like, not like opening, but like starting off Broadway's reopening in during a pandemic. Oh my gosh, that's I love it. It's just so 2021. And um, yeah, I'm excited and it's going to be good. And there's going to be so many new things to watch. And I think that just makes Broadway's return so more so much more exciting because there's all these shows that we've already seen like oh like yay it's back and I get to go see live theaters but I get to be go see stories that have already been heard and cast members that I've already seen but I want to see new work and I want to see new art and new casts together and uh, telling a, a story that I'm not as familiar with so I can't wait to see all of these shows and uh, I hope everyone feels the same because Broadway's return is literally going to be electric and I cannot wait. And uh, yeah, so that's going to be it for episode 27. 
it was such a wonderful episode. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I do. I clearly enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I'll see you all next week. Be kind, be safe, and don't get COVID before you go see your next musical because that would be really bad. All right. Thank you, everyone, and have a great week. Bye. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.